welcome to Moonbeaming, a podcast about creativity, magic, tarot, lunar living, and more. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner, and I am so happy you are here today. I'm recording this at night, and there are fireworks in my neighborhood, so you might hear something that might sound like gunshots. They're not. They're fireworks. So I'm just saying that right now. You might hear and be like, what? What's going on over there? It's just another quiet night in Highland Park, LA. All right. I am so glad to be back with all of you here this week. We have a pretty packed show today that I'm excited to share with you. Before we begin, I wanted to talk about a couple of things I have going on in January this month. I can't believe that we're already here in the first month. First of all, there is a January guide available for folks as a download. What this is, is this is a compilation of a new moon ritual, a full moon ritual slash spell. There is a January tarot spread. These are all from the Many Moons Planner, but there are also additional information. There are other little tips and tricks. There's even a recipe to get folks thinking about how they want to spend their time and their energy in this month of January. And you can grab that in my shop, modernwomenprojects.com, if you want to check that out. I'm also going to be teaching a workshop on how to effectively collaborate with the archetype of the Hierophant, which you all know is our archetype of the year because we're in a five year, two plus two plus one, that that I'm not great at math, but that's five. That's going to be on Sunday, January 17th. You can also sign up on my site. The link will be in the show notes as well. I will be teaching an intention setting workshop to go along with the new moon which let's face it, for me, that's when my new year begins, at the Alchemist Kitchen. If you want a container to get focused in, sign up for that. I'm excited about that. I'll put the link also, of course, in my show notes. And last but not least, I decided that I'm going to do a tarot reading giveaway for this month. I really need y'all to listen to how it's going to happen because I think the book giveaway folks didn't totally understand. So I'll be really clear. What I need is for y'all to write a review. Folks, I think gave stars, but I can't see who is giving me the stars. I can only see who's writing a review. So If you have been enjoying this podcast and if you'd like to be entered in a drawing for a tarot reading, a 50-minute tarot reading with myself, write me a review. Um, uh, We're going to do anyone who's ever done a review. And at the end of the month, my studio manager will pick someone and I'll announce it here on the pod 
the last week of January. So you have all month. I'll announce it a few more times before this month is over. Uh, So just write something that you like about this podcast. It also helps me to figure out what I want to talk about. It also helps me decide what I'm going to present. If you want me to talk about more magic or if you liked a certain episode, just let me know. So that's how we're going to do that. Those are all my housekeeping notes. So here's what's going on. My babes, we're in the waning moon phase. So what I'm going to say to you is keep wrapping up, keep clearing out, keep resting. Ask yourself, what do you need to do first before beginning again? In the January guide I created, I wrote about what to do when you don't know what you want. What do you do when you don't know what to wish for or set intentions around? And I shared that, you know, honestly, sometimes you have to just tie up some loose ends. My friend Melinda, she runs this awesome program called Getting Free. We were talking about making, in all caps, the list aka everything you need to do that's been rattling around in your brain, and start doing it. Maybe you aren't going to set a New Year's intention right away because you're burnt out and you need rest. Maybe you aren't going to step totally into a new cycle because you have to finish up a degree or a contract or something else. I know at this time in our culture, there is a huge push towards the new. And also, I need to remind you that in the Northern Hemisphere, the Earth is still sleeping. You know, these long, dark nights are about rest, reconnection, conservation of energy, dreaming, all of these interior kind of activities. It doesn't correlate to the doing just yet. And obviously, if you're rip raring to go, like so many people are, they're like, get 2020 away from me. So if you're rip raring to go, if you have your like new year, new you vision board, and you're here for all the transformation, goddess speed. I completely support you and whatever you need. But if you aren't feeling super jazzed or you're just confused about what you want, think about what you need to do first to get into a clearer headspace, right? And then just focus on that and release some of the pressure. In lieu of the card of the week, I'm going to offer up some ideas for cards to work with. If you need to wrap things up and finish up a cycle and make sense of a cycle, hang out with the Ten of Wands. Hang out with the Ten of Swords. Figure out what isn't working. You know, ask yourself, what am I excited to try? If you're ready to integrate certain aspects of yourself, then hang out with the Twos. Chill with the Two of Cups. Write a love letter to the Two of Pentacles. And if you need some inspiration, some revivification, meditate with the Ace that suits you. Ask your muses or your friends or Mercury or Hecate or your guides or nature to offer up messages that will help you begin this new chapter.
So today I'm going to talk about some themes that have come through to me about 2021. And I will also be discussing what some of the themes of a Hierophant year could bring to the surface. Now, the first part of the episode, I'm just straight letting you know what I channeled, just what came through when I sat and meditated on 2021. So I'm going to start there. And as always, I'll probably say this another time in the episode, watch me, you know, take what works for you, leave the rest. This is what came through to me. I definitely want to check back on these mid-year and see what makes sense and what doesn't. So the first theme that came through was authenticity. So as we all know, last year was an emperor year. And we got handed the truth on piping hot platters. We saw horrors, band-aids were ripped off, masks were ripped off. We learned that like we're living in this backwards pants day kind of reality that was not created for our best interest. The emperor had no clothes. And in experiencing all of this, we started asking big questions. We had identity crises. We had awakenings. We had breakdowns and breakthroughs. We saw some horrible things we can't unsee. We got reconnected to the truth of who we are. And all of this will forever change our lives. And this is why more than ever, authenticity, becoming authentically ourselves is so important. Get other people's voices out of your ear and discover what your voice is. Wrap your arms around your talents and your gifts and that which lights you up, no matter what it is, and don't let go. Clear the clutter of distractions. What is distracting you from your own authenticity? Understand that embracing who you are and what you need is the baseline of understanding your own codes, your own energy, your own resources, and your own particular forms of magic. And also, this is always the rudest thing from the universe, understand this could also all change, right? We are not written in stone. You are not supposed to be the same all the time. Neither am I, neither is anyone. But the first step into transformation, one of the first steps, I believe, is accepting who you are and all your brilliance. That which is authentic is priceless. So authenticity inside and out is going to continue to be a huge theme of this year. Remember all the companies and their black square that one day on social media? That's an example of inauthentic performance. So this is the year to figure out who you are and then behave in alignment with that. You can't say you're an ethical business owner and then have Amazon affiliate links everywhere on your websites. And of course, 
absolutely everyone, including myself, is complicit in capitalism. Hi, hello. Like I'm here on a MacBook Pro recording this. You know, here I am paying taxes that support war and violence when I don't support those things and I want the money to go elsewhere, right? So I want to be really clear that we can't be so rigid. And we can't always live in the truly authentic ways we'd like to. That's real. And also, we can see where we have personal power and we can act in accordance with that. Part of being authentic is saying no to certain opportunities. Part of being authentic is doing things behind the scenes that no one has any idea that you're doing, but you are staying in your own integrity and your own ethics, right? So through all of this, we can change our lives, we can change our communities, and I believe we can change the systems we're in. This is all happening. It's been happening. And we've got more folks than ever before invested in transforming these systems. And also just like on a smaller level with the authentic theme, you like what you like. You are who you are. That's sacred, babes. Understanding this without apologies or guilt or shame will help you make decisions that are more in alignment with your authentic self. With this authenticity comes breakups. With this authenticity comes people being threatened by you. Presence and truth will make folks insecure. And also, again, Being in your authenticity, inside and out, through and through, from head to toe, it's a priceless gift. You'll sleep better, your skin will glow, and you'll be in a position where beautiful opportunities and relationships will flow towards you. Authenticity brings us to embodiment, which is another theme of this year. I think embodiment is going to be a huge theme of this year moving forward. Embodiment is the law of attraction, honestly, because once you are embodied, you are that which you desire. This is a year to really think about, if I was jealous of myself, what kind of life would I lead? What thoughts would I think? What would my relationships look like and feel like? What would the majority of my days look like and feel like? And if that's hard for you right now, I always suggest pick a few folks that you either admire or you're jealous of. (laughs) Think about what the underneath the underneath is. In a workshop I just taught, Lunar Humanifestation, I spoke about this idea that everything is a symbol. So say you're jealous of someone with a lot of folks following them on social media. Let's go underneath. You could be wanting attention or whatever else that larger follower count is a symbol for. Maybe it actually isn't attention. Maybe when you get really real and you do some digging... It turns out that you associate a large social media account with ease. Maybe you think your life will be easier because you'll have more support or you'll have more help or 
more people will be buying your products or whatever else you think that it is. I don't know, right? It's different for everyone. So get honest, get real, and begin prioritizing those feelings in your own life with activities. If it's an ease you want, you got to solve that ease problem for yourself and begin energetically and emotionally programming yourself with those feelings. Another understanding I have around embodiment comes from the queens in the tarot, and I teach this as well. The queens in the tarot embody the thing they desire completely on a cellular level. There is no doubt or wavering in their energetic field. They are abundance. They are confidence, period. And those embodiments that are in accordance with that which they desire creates a magnetizing effect. This is a year for embodying your values, your beliefs, and your dreams on a cellular level. When no one else is around, when no one else can see you, for you, for the divine, for the sky above you, and the earth beneath you. And on the embodiment tip, I know for many of us, myself included, being in a body is uncomfortable for so many different reasons, whether we're gender nonconforming or in chronic pain or aren't particularly coordinated, whatever it is. I believe we have a chance this year to heal uncomfortable feelings that we have around being in a body. I'm not saying you're going to heal your chronic illness or all of a sudden you're going to be able to run a marathon or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we're going to get a chance to heal whatever violence that got embedded in us, whatever stories that we soaked up that told us that somehow us and our body was wrong because we have chronic pain or illness or us and our body are wrong because of a way we look or our weight or whatever, all of the other bullshit things that white supremacist patriarchal capitalism tries to program us with so that we'll stay small, we'll stay in shame, and we'll stay buying shit, quite honestly. So I think that we are going to have a lot of opportunities to heal our shame or our discomfort around body stuff. I think we're going to see a ton more about healing nervous system trauma, about disabled rights, access to healthcare, access to hormones, and more. I think there's going to be loads more conversations about normalizing the fact that all bodies are sacred and beautiful. I think there will be a lot of opportunities for healing body stuff this year than ever before. That is just what is coming through. Embodiment is when you become comfortable in your own knowing and truth, and you are not using other people as gatekeepers for saying you're okay to relax into yourself, or you are not using either or thinking, you know, when I get this thing, I can relax, or when I heal this thing, I'll be worthy of love, right? I see it as like, okay, here's like an example. 
You've memorized all the meanings for all the cards in the tarot. That's great. Bravo. Brava. (laughs) Awesome. Way to go. That's a part of learning tarot. But then you start giving readings and you start acknowledging your own interpretations that come through. You start feeling certain meanings and understanding them on a cellular level when you live the tarot, like getting caught in an undertow in the ocean and connecting that to the five of cups or watching a sunrise and connecting to the energy of the fool. I also wanted to talk about embodiment in regards to the lovers, the card that comes after this one, after the Hierophant. The lovers is about relationships and mirrors, about being a mirror and having others be mirrors for us. And one belief I do have of the major arcana is that one card is preparing us for the next. So in the Hierophant, we're preparing to be a beautiful, inspiring mirror for another. And an integral part of this is embodiment, being who we are without apologies, expressing ourselves authentically. You know, going back to the whole memorization thing in the tarot, we can know things. We can know all kinds of things. We can read things and memorize them. I can talk to you about what I think I know on a podcast. But until we bring it into our body, until we bring it into our vessel, into our life experience, until we practice it and utilize it and become comfortable with it, we're staying on a superficial or more surface level. And that is definitely one of the lessons of the Hierophant. As I'm speaking now, it's occurring to me. And I think that's why that came through for being one of the themes of the year. Embodiment helps us unify our nervous system and emotions, our beliefs and our language. It's this bridge. It helps us trust ourselves and it helps us encounter and strengthen our intuition. Authenticity and embodiment bring us to another theme of 2021, which is discernment. There's more clarity once you know yourself and what you like and don't like, and you can feel it in your body. Discernment, in my opinion, is maturation. It's maturity. And there are different processes and layers to discernment. The first one is for ourselves. What feels in alignment allows us to say no to what doesn't, what we need and what we don't need. There's this level of perception involved with discernment. You're using your intuition, your spidey senses to help you make decisions. You're able to say yes or no really easily. Then there is discernment as a clarifying device and a zooming out device that offers us compassion as we navigate relationships. Other people's motivations are easier to see when we have a refined sense of discernment and we're able to both make the right choices with whether or not to deal with, you know, whatever's going on and be aware 
that it isn't personal. It is about them eight times out of 10. So discernment is going to come up this year quite a bit, working on your own discernment, fine-tuning it, refining discernment, being okay with having discernment. You might say no to a great-looking opportunity, then get your no confirmed by more information. This is a year to pause, to get more insight, and to have enough foresight to truly check in with yourself and what you need before making certain important decisions. Like what questions are you asking the person? Like what does the contract look like? What would that entail out of your energy or your time, right? More than ever before, there are going to be a lot of folks trying to sell you something. And I'm not just talking about products. People are going to be selling you ideas of who they want you to think they are, of who they think they are. People, the news, whatever, are going to try to be selling you, you know, answers basically, right? And part of next year is about understanding the answers are inside of you. So more than ever before, there's going to be noise and we're going to have to be able to use discernment. We're going to be asked to slow down, to ask the right questions, to sit in our own embodiment and our own truth so that we can uncover what is going to be most in alignment with us, our communities, and the planet, because that's what's up with discernment. We're not just thinking about ourselves anymore. We're thinking about our families. We're thinking about generations to come. We're thinking about the planet, right? We're thinking about those who aren't as privileged as we are. What we do and what we say has a really large impact and a really large ripple. So that's where discernment is going to help us with all of that. All right, here was another one that came through. And this one out of all of them was kind of the most vague. And I'll probably spend time off the pod thinking through this and and really bringing this into praxis in my own life because it felt potent and also nebulous and layered and metaphoric, which meant for me, there's more exploration to do there. But I wanted to present it because hopefully it will affirm things for you or give you something to think about at the very least. So the the phrase that came through was channels, stations, and frequencies. So we all have a channel we get locked into. Sometimes it's unconscious, but there are loads of channels we have access to when we're conscious. We're all channels. We channel every day. If you are a radio station or a television channel, what would it be called? What shows would be on there? Would it just be pictures of plants growing? That's what my house kind of looks like right now. That might be my channel, Channel Green. Um, You know, what would it be called? What shows would be on there? What frequencies do you want to broadcast? And how are you doing that intentionally? 
This is a year about articulating and translating your vibe, your particular channel and emitting aligned frequencies. And in doing so, we can energetically clear and energetically heal. So get clear on your channel and take risks to create more of the same. What they were showing me was how we set up our rooms and how we set up our days and what colors we look at and what words we use most frequently and what songs we listen to and how we communicate and what we are in communication with and who we are speaking to and what information we are translating and what that looks like in tangible form, which then in turn creates its own frequency, which then becomes its own channel. Fun fact, I'm not going to break this down any further for y'all. But I think I'll be exploring it more in my own life because it felt really potent and spirit was coming through strong for me. So with that one, so I just felt like I needed to share. I think you'll get what I'm throwing down. All right. Another word that came through technologies. So I love this quote by Carlo Levi, the future has an ancient heart. The future uncovers what's already always been there, whether that's our ancestral technologies, spiritual technologies, technologies of queerness, technologies of compassion, technologies of psychic ability, technologies of science, whatever that is, it's waiting to be uncovered and discovered. This is a year for us to really think carefully about what technologies we already came into this life with and what are the ones we want to acquire and learn in the coming years. The word technologies comes from the Greek technologia, systemic treatment from techni, which means art, craft. So techni is art, craft. Lagia is systemic treatment, the systemic treatment of art and craft. Technology also means a capability given by the practical application of knowledge. There are going to be more communities online than ever before, membership sites, Patreons, places for folks to connect with one another, right? People who can communicate effectively, hold space and facilitate will do really well next year, I believe. People who can communicate, hold space and facilitate are going to do really well. Folks who are ready to embrace technology whether that's literal, literal technology, such as learning how to code or to automate more of their processes or create new technologies in terms of, you know, computer stuff or whatever, or who are ready to embrace their technology, their authenticity, their unique codes, 
their unique talents and skill sets and knowledge are going to thrive this year. There is this mix of the ancient and the futuristic. Ancient futurism, maybe we can call it that if I were still trend forecasting. That used to be one of my jobs, which is hilarious because I'm like, oh yeah, that's where my psychic ability came in in this weird odd way. Um, but yeah, if I was going to be trend forecasting and vision boarding, one of the words I'd come up with for a client would probably be ancient futurism. So think about how that lands for you and what that looks like for you in your own life. Because we've moved from earth to air with the outer planets, with Saturn, Jupiter, knowledge sharing and communication skills are going to be very valuable. Interpretation is going to be a highlight. Translators, whether it's ASL or other forms of language translations, as well as folks who are skilled and patient at showing other people things are going to do well. Authentic connections and relationships are going to continue to be important. We're going also to need less in order to make more or have a wider reach. (laughs) A wider reach. (laughs) Innovation is what's up. Fun fact. Age-old cruelty and defensiveness and domination is boring. It is over. It feels bad. It helps no one We can create, we can circulate, we can connect, we can become in new ways and new patterns. This is also why authenticity and knowing your channel, embodying your gifts are key, which brings me to the last theme that came through for 2021. There's six. It would have been cute if there was five because we're five year, but spirit's rude and doesn't speak to me in listicles. Finding purpose and remembering the most important things. Is what is most important simple? Does it mean delayed gratification? Is it going to require overhauls? Does that have to be scary? Or does it just have to be necessary? What are the roots of your purpose? What are the treetops of your alignment? There are many purposes that we have in this life. What are some of yours? What do you want to work on now? What is most important for you to do this year? What cannot wait? Who needs to know you love them? Who needs to know you forgive them? What conversations do you need to have? What prayers are ready to be chanted? It's time, babes. Really take some time to think about what's most important, to think about the purpose and some of the work of your life, whether that's healing work, relationship work, creativity work, healing anxiety, not letting the past control you. Really get clear. Really use some of that discernment and that authenticity to think about what you're going to focus on. And put what is most important first, even if it freaks you the fuck out. Even if you think you can't because you got to do this and there's bills to pay and you got to survive and you're a caretaker and you have this chronic illness and 
all of these things, like I know, but what are the most important things? And how can you embody those most important things as frequently as you can? going to end the episode with talking about some of the themes of the Hierophant. Some of this is culled from the Many Moons workbook. I was thinking about this back in February. Can you even believe I have this weird job where I'm like thinking about the future and then trying to stay in the present and it's a little bit of a mindfuck, pardon my language. I've been thinking about this for a minute. I've been thinking about what themes are going to come through in the zone of the Hierophant. I'm definitely going to be revisiting these in the fall to see what came true. You know, I'm going to give a little, um, what are they called? Disclaimer. That's what it's called. Humans are pattern seekers. We look for patterns. We have biases. So you don't have to believe in anything I'm saying or anything really at all. (laughs) I'd like you to believe in love, but that's just my two cents. But listen, my friends, last year was such an emperor death year. I can't make it up. I spoke about this. I think it was an episode two or episode three. It's the episode called our emperor year. It was an emperor year and a death year because death is emperor's teacher card. And in some ways, in my experience, it could be that I was attuned to it. The energy of the Hierophant started coming in early. We started seeing aspects of this archetype in in my experience as soon as like late summer, early fall. So you'll sort of see like some of the things I'm talking about, you might already be acknowledging or noticing. Said it before, I'll say it again. Take what you like, leave the rest and make up your own list. I'd love, that's the other thing. Like I'm sharing things that came through for me. It might not be resonant for you. Make up your list of five things or six things. Make up your list of what you think about in the archetype and the energy of the Hierophant. Everyone's got their own interpretation. So we know we're headed into a five year. We're in a five year. Number five is commonly referred to as the number of humanity. Fives are opportunities around pragmatism, doing the work, as they say. Do the work, right? I'm doing the work, right? Says every yoga instructor on the west side of LA. Just kidding. I'm joking. I'm doing the work too, okay? I'm doing the work too. So fives are often about bringing beliefs to a broader stage. If four is tabletop, five's that roof. If there are four elements, the fifth element is spirit or source. Fives also can be about communion, about receiving and transmitting. Some ancient Greeks believed the number five to be the number resembling a marriage between the earth and the heavens. This was called Heros Gamos. Heros is Greek for holy or sacred, and font means to show. So to show what's holy or sacred, this is the hero font. Literally, this is what it means. And I'm going to talk about this next week in next week's episode. All right. Number one, 
I can't not say it. I'm a little biased here. Spirituality. Spirituality. There's going to continue to be a huge uptick in spirituality. Everyone and their mother is going to be a spiritualist with their own crystal Instagram account. I'm just kidding. I'm, can you tell I'm a little cynical? Can you tell that uh, the spiritual industrial complex has sort of made me a little bit jaded? But yeah, it's just going to continue to happen. And on Real Talk, I'll step away from my jaded self and step into my honest self. It can't come soon enough, my friends, because in my humble opinion, spirituality and authentic spirituality is what we've been missing. An authentic spirituality, okay? Going back to authenticity. But everyone and their mother with their crystal Instagram accounts, they're going to be having spiritual awakenings (laughs) if they haven't already. They're going to be telling other people about their spiritual awakenings. Um, Folks are going to be gravitating towards religions, philosophies, um, intuitive or occult or astrological practices. And what this boils down to is that people are looking for beliefs, guidance, security, hope, and explanations. And folks are not resonating as much with dominant religion because of too many reasons I'm not going to get into right now. So they're going to be looking for alternative forms. And also they're going to be looking to their own traditions. Ancestral traditions are going to continue to be a large theme of spiritual exploration. I strongly urge anyone Um, in their own spiritual or magical practice to take the time to do the ancestral work. So, you know, in your own life, thinking about your own spiritual traditions and spiritual discipline in general. My friend Latham Thomas, I was on a live with her. She used the term spiritual fitness, and I just thought that was brilliant. I'm going to use it. I'm going to credit her. How are you spiritually fit? What does that look like for you? What does that comprise of? Spiritual discipline is really going to come through. We're going to be energetically and practically examining spiritual independence and spiritual interdependence, all of us. Again, these are a lot of words I'm throwing at you. Take some time to think about all of this for yourself and your own life. Magically, It's going to be optimal to look into your ancestral roots, your chosen lineage, and begin a relationship with it or deepen your relationship with ancestor work. I also think magically, and I'm going to talk about this more in coming episodes, this is going to be an optimal year to go for the gold, to really go for workings that are going to contribute to an all-over life transformation. Magical workings that are not just I need next month's rent. I want to have some hot sex. That's all great. Like, I am in support of all of that. But, like, can we get a little bit bigger? Can we be a little more expansive? Can we start really thinking about what we want our lives to look like and feel like at the root? Can we go into the roots and change the soil? repot, nourish, it's time to really expand our containers. And I think this is a year, if we don't have a baseline magical practice, if we don't have a baseline idea of how incredible our lives could be, it's time to get that. It's time to sit down with that and get serious with that, get serious about our sacred lives. 
Another theme is health and all over well-being, holistic health, 100%, as well as the awareness that we can't be truly healthy in a sick society. So that's where systems come in. Systems are going to be coming in all year. Holistic health also means the integration of disciplines. So for example, trauma healing with attachment style healing, with aura healing, with a historical analysis. For folks who are interested in innovating in your field, or if you're interested in studying a particular thing, and this is resonating with you, think in terms of cross-disciplines and pollinating the energy of your ideas with different pursuits. Whatever you begin now that is multidisciplinary will absolutely take off in the coming years. That was really strong. That came in really strong. There's going to be a heightened interest in self-sustaining economies, ethical financial systems, mutual aid. Can you believe I wrote this shit in February? <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, of course. Systems of care, housing rights and the home in general, work, reforms and reframes and redefining, inquiries and demands in the transparencies of different kinds of all industry, scrutiny of leadership in the corporate, religious, and political realm, divestment, ancestral work and elder wisdom, creating new tools, and conducting entirely different conversations. I am going back, I'm circling back around to the bullet point of systems. The Hierophant very much correlates with institutions, how we work with them, how we don't work with them, how we are a system of our own with what we do with our days and how we organize our lives and what principles we organize our lives around, how systems are embedded in us and how reprogramming certain systems in us ends up transforming the larger system. This is really going to be a year where we're going to be reminded over and over again that people are corporations. People are systems. There are people making these decisions to pollute, to lock people up without bail, to create prisons. There are corporations that build these things and so on and so forth. I'm not going to get too derailed here, but you are... Picking up what I'm throwing down, throwing down. And we got to look at where it lives in us. And more than ever before, there's living proof that things can be a different way. We're, we're creating different ways. We are becoming living proof that we don't need a million and trillion dollars, that it doesn't make any sense to be in systems of abuse and violence. It makes no sense. It's not even logical. I understand dominant oppression's logic, but on a true heart-centered level, it's just not logical. So we're going to be changing those things. We're going to be having hard conversations around these things, and we're going to be stepping into creating new worlds in our own little microcosms and macro. Last but not least, I swear I'll shut up on this little tangent segment. I forgot about this, but I wanted to bring it up again. I've been thinking a lot about this. The Hierophant is about ecosystems. 
I'll talk about that more in coming episodes, but like thinking about our ecosystems of care, how they overlap, how we're all connected. I've said it before. I will say it again. Last year taught us that we are so connected. We are so interconnected and that what we do impacts more people than we could ever know. That is what COVID showed us among many other horrible things. But one thing that COVID underlined, one thing that this pandemic is underlining is that what we do affects other people more than we could ever know. All right. And, and rant, and rant. All right. So like I've talked about this a little bit before, but like how this might show up for us is like divestment, emphasis around finding or going after your life's purpose and work, uncovering or further developing your unique gifts, examining those systems and structures in an overarching and mundane way, becoming your own authority, becoming the expert of yourselves, taking your dreams and desires seriously and acceptance or understanding of your self-worth creating a more self-sufficient way of life outside of dominant structures like home gardens, barter, trades. Uh, There's a focus on holistic health, eco-consciousness, saving the earth, sustainability, shedding illusions, dropping harmful indoctrinations and brainwashing, and finding more supportive community or creating chosen family. I just wanted to end with some of the extremes to watch out for this year in the realm of Hierophant. Hierophant is not fun and games. Like we know this, right? And we'll talk about this more. The Hierophant is a pretty serious archetype. The first thing that comes up is dogma and rigidity. If you thought the inability to hold nuance and complexity within a dialogue or around complex subjects was difficult in 2020, in 2021, this is going to continue and perhaps get worse. And this, of course, is where discernment comes in. If your spiritual teacher can't tell you the history of their craft, if they can't cite sources, if they don't have their own unique take born out of practice and research over many years, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not sure why you're listening to them. If your teacher, like a teacher in school, or a boss, or a coworker, can't tell you why they're teaching what they're teaching you or why they're telling you what they're telling you other than we've always done it this way. If they don't have their own evident belief system, from my perspective, take their teachings and their beliefs with a grain of sand. Because the Hierophant is about traditions, both really positive traditions and limiting ones. And there are two many folks on this planet who are doing things just because, just because that's the way things are done. Yeah. They're just following orders or running their business or saying certain things on automatic because it's what they were taught. They never took the time to figure stuff out for themselves or it worked well enough. So let's not fix it. Never mind that it's harming the earth or harming other people or is based in lies, or is based in greed, or based in defensiveness, or security, or in domination, or white supremacy. That's a lot easier than questioning, or learning something different, or creating something entirely different, 
or dealing with the shame of doing something wrong or harmful for a long time. I just want to be really clear. Traditions aren't bad or good. Traditions are really important. I'm Jewish, and so much of our belief systems are forged in tradition. And that's a really important takeaway I've had from learning more and more about Judaism and tarot and anything, really. But I think there's going to be extremism here, folks doubling down on like the law or the constitution or particular religious beliefs or like, I'm not going to cancel student loan debt because, because here's the thing, the government could just say, I'm going to cancel student loan debt or I'm going to, for the, for as long as the pandemic is acute, we're going to freeze rent. We're going to freeze mortgages. We're just going to freeze it. We're in a pandemic. It's catastrophic. No one could have seen this coming. No one has a year of savings. The corporations that got bailed out don't have years of savings. So we're just going to put this on freeze. And when everything's under control and the vaccines are working and things are up and running again, well, you know, we're going to go back to, to rent and mortgage. But they can't say that for a number of reasons. One is capitalism. They can't imagine a world without capitalism. There's no imagination there. There's no even like interest in doing things differently. It's the way it's always been. But the other reason I believe they don't just freeze our mortgages and freeze our rent and freeze, you know, debt and the electrical bill and whatever else for every single person is people will uprise. People will say, wait a minute, you could just be canceling debt this whole time. Wait a minute, we could just have been working from home this whole time so disabled people could be working. Wait a minute, what about this? What about that? You know, and so on and so forth. It'll poke a hole in reality for enough people. And they're choosing an unfortunate way of moving forward over a compassion of care. So that's just my little aside. Apparently this episode is Sarah's aside episode. I promise I'll I'll stick to my bullet points moving forward, but I think it's just important to think about like why are we in these systems? Who's being served, you know? And on that tip, I think the extreme of it is folks are going to be really looking to disrupt the traditions that aren't serving all of us more and more because it's not serving the planet. If it's not serving all of us, why are we doing it? The earth is going to continue to speak and floods, hurricanes, earthquakes, rapidly accelerating temperatures and fires. This is definitely the year to get an emergency kit and emergency plan together if you live in an impacted area. This is also the year to start thinking about backup plans, plan Bs, etc., whatever that looks like for you and your life and planning accordingly. We've got this continuing tension between church and state, hate crimes, uh, human rights violations done in the name of religion or the law, issues of control, cults, false prophets and hollow leaders, transactional relationships, uh, like people becoming objects, becoming transactions more than ever, class divides, greed. These are some of the ways these extremes will surface over the coming year. I think there's just going to be this tension around values on all levels, philosophical values, and also what we find valuable. 
And going back to what is most important and how you want to be embodied is going to look wildly different for each individual. Personally, watch out for getting snagged on your core wounds. Like I said, this could be a year to heal those things, but watch out for getting snagged, unconsciously repeating patterns set up to cause harm to self and others, and getting romanced by shiny objects and false prophets, like getting romanced by the short term over the long term. We could find ourselves craving security when part of the task of the year is to get comfortable with holding complexities and change, finding solid ground in the unknown, working together in different generative ways, sinking into our natural seasons and cycles, and looking for the answers within. So I know this is a lot, and also it's just a taste. Like, this year is going to continue to be intense. 2021 does not make COVID or systemic racism or violence go away. There are a lot of issues we've got to solve together on top of simply trying to survive. And also, we still have choice. We can be conscious and we can be intentional. Let's be safe. Let's be kind. If you're listening to this, you made it. You made it this far. And I want to acknowledge you're most likely exhausted grief-stricken, numb, burnt out, anything, whatever. I know some people, 2020 was like their best year. I want to honor your joy. I want to honor how wonderful your life became in 2020, if that's you. And I want to honor those of us who weren't as lucky as well. But if you made it this far, you're still kind. You still have dreams. You made it this far, and you're committed to living a conscious life. I know you want a better world for all. So let's start dreaming of that better world. And the Hierophant can help us bring it into reality, can help us embody it. So that's it. I'll be back here next week for a podcast about the Major Arcana card five, which we touched upon already, but we're going to, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to nerd out for all of you. If you want to join me for my class on the Hierophant, working with the Hierophant, The link is you know where. If you haven't bought my book, it's called The Moon Book. And if you have the means and the interest, I'd love it if you bought it. I'd love it if you rate this pod. I'd love it if you subscribed to this pod. And I'll be back soon. Thank you for listening. I'm sending y'all so much love. listening to Moonbeaming, a podcast that is presented by modern women. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner. The editor is Caitlin George Parker. Music is by Will Owen and myself. If you like what you hear or it's giving you benefit, I would love it if you would rate us five stars on Apple Podcast. I'd love it even more if you told a friend or two. All right, bye. When she's in the front of the year, doing what they are, maybe.